On this podcast, we talk about violent crime that's not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to season two of the Reform Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Dudick. I'm an attorney and social justice advocate in Montana, and we are thrilled to bring you season two of the Reform Podcast, The Salem Witch Trials. This season, I am so excited and honored to have with me as a special guest co-host, Angie Jacobs, and I'll let her do a little introduction for herself. Hi, I'm Angie Jacobs. I am the city attorney for the city of Whitefish. I am super honored to be here. I am definitely a crime victim, um, just connoisseur, and I am very excited to be here with Kim today. A crime victim connoisseur. What would you say that that is exactly? I like crime shows. I like true crime shows. It sounds like you're at a smorgasbord and you're like, and I'll take that one and that one and a little bit more of this one. All right. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) Angie and I have known each other for uh, almost all of our lives. We went to grade school together and we've known each other forever. We're both attorneys here in Montana. Actually went to law school because Angie was going to law school and I liked what she could do. And so I decided to follow in her footsteps. We're super excited to talk about this because we love witches, we love badass women, and quite honestly, we need a few more women to stand up and just say hell no. So we're going to be talking about the Salem Witch Trials, but also modern day witch hunts that still go on today. Angie, have you ever wanted to be a witch? Have I wanted to be witch witch and superpowers? No. Have I wanted to be called a witch? Yes, in the sense of what I can do. I don't think of witches as those with supernatural powers. And I think it's become a term of art. And I think some derogatory terms that have been used for women have become a term of art and have become something that we have embraced. Have I wanted to be called a bitch? No, but have I been called a bitch? Yes. Can I embrace that? And I'm a bitch because I advocate for things I believe. I'm a bitch because I advocate for my family. I'm a bitch because I advocate for my community. And just because you don't necessarily agree with that doesn't mean that it is a derogatory term. So I feel like witch is the same way. I love it. I felt for a second there like you were singing the Alanis Morissette song, the bitch song. We we used to listen to that. I'm a bitch. (laughs) I'm a bitch. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. That, That was great. All right, so... We're going to be talking about the Salem Witch Trials that happened hundreds of years ago. So they happened in 1692 and 1693, more than 300 years ago. If we can imagine what our world was like then, we didn't have the internet, no cell phones, no electricity. It's like going camping without all the fun camping equipment we get. That's where we're at. We are in Salem, Massachusetts in 1692. But before we get into like the details of the witch trials, I thought it would be kind of fun to do exactly what you were talking about. And, you know, the modern use of the term witch, where is that at now? And where are we going with that? I found this great article, let's see, a great article in the conversation 
called Most Witches Are Women Because Witch Hunts Were All About Persecuting the Powerless. It's by Bridget Marshall from October 23rd, 2019. And it's a great article because it really starts talking about what we're seeing today. Witch trials don't target the powerful, kind of like now when we see our lawsuits and some of the laws and the immunity granted to people, it doesn't usually go to the powerless, it goes to the powerful, unfortunately too often. And we saw witch hunts targeted the powerless. They persecuted society's most marginal members, especially women. And this was a good quote that I, I wanted to throw in there from this article. It says, perhaps the most salient point about the witch trials is gender. In Salem, 14 of the 19 people found guilty of and executed for witchcraft during that cataclysmic year of 1692 were women. What do you think about that? You know, I have, I have mixed feelings about it. So are you persecuting women because they're weak or are you persecuting women because you're afraid of them? And maybe it's both. I mean, maybe it's both. But looking at the women that are persecuted, I always wonder, even in today's society, are you are you coming at us because you think we're weak or are you coming at us because you think you're strong, we're strong and you're scared? I think it's kind of a combination of both, right? So there was a lot of Puritans in Salem at the time. And it looks like they thought basically women should be, you know, barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. They wanted you raising babies, managing households, and I love this, modeling Christian subservience to their husbands. No. I don't even know what that means. I'm like, I don't know what it means. I washed my husband's clothes the other day because they were on my floor. <laughs> no. I don't think that's Christian subservience. <laughs> Probably not. It, it looks like most of the people who were uh, facing allegations of witchcraft is because they deviated from what the Puritans at the time wanted women to be doing. And any of the men that were involved and accused of being witches were because they were husbands or brothers of the alleged women witches. So you rarely got just a, uh, a man on his own. And then you had like the men who are the judges and the clergy and they're the ones enforcing the laws. So anytime a woman is stepping outside of the norm or stepping outside of wanting to just be a subservient wife and raise their children. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it is when it leads you to call people witches and kill them. If somebody had too much wealth, then they thought that they were sinful. If they had too little, they thought they were lazy. So we have these Puritan people, mainly men, but not all in Salem that are enforcing these laws. And the laws are not like what we have today. They're really extreme. So you have women who are being accused mainly, but you're seeing them also accused by women. So you have women attacking women, the powerless attacking the powerless. Yeah. And you have the power and you have those women that don't even, you know, at least one of the first accused witches admitting just like, Hey, I did it, you know, so she won't get the death penalty. I mean, and that happens all the time now too, doesn't it? Right. And, and that one, so we're giving everyone just kind of a broad overview of the, of the witch trials right now, but that one, I believe she was a, an enslaved, she was enslaved. She was from the Caribbean, I believe. Right. And it's not like she had a lot of rights and she's been accused of this and she just wants to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And you know, those kind of, those themes still carry out today, which is really unfortunate. When you think of the, the initial girls that it's like two or three or four of them, and is a junior high hysteria? I mean, is it the microbe that scientists think it was? Or was it just the, you know, we, we have high schoolers, I have high schoolers. Is it the 
you know, was it something biological or was it just this junior high hysteria that no matter what it is that someone does, we want to fit in? And is, does it go that far back that no matter what it is that some other woman does that wants to fit, like we want to fit in? I think so. Luckily, we don't have quite as much of that today. So, I mean, it's interesting to think, though, that there was this group of girls that kind of started this whole hysteria. And were they honestly sick? Did they honestly believe it? Or was it kind of a group junior high hysteria? So I found this. I found another article. So I've done, like, research on this right now. Where the heck is this title's name? Okay. So this one is The True Legal Horror Story of the Salem Witch Trials. And I'll... I'll put the source on that on the website later because I don't have it right here with me. But it says that modern theories suggest that those three girls, they were allegedly having strange visions and fits. And they were diagnosed with, and this is a diagnosis, bewitchment. So they're diagnosed with bewitchment. But like modern theories now think that the girls might have been suffering from epilepsy. If they're having fits, then they might have had some sort of epilepsy. They might have just been bored when making stuff up because you know kids do that kind of stuff there might have been some sort of child abuse going on or even some like i undiagnosed but at that time they wouldn't really have a lot of treatment for mental illness anyway there's another one that there is also a theory that it could have been a disease brought on by eating rye infected with fungus yes okay and so that's the one i read as well of all of those it looks like they also consider maybe that these people, like what you were just talking about, the, the junior highness of it, sheer vindictiveness and just being nasty. They wanted yeah. to be nasty and they wanted to gain their power from someone else. Um, yep. so, like you read the rye thing. Like, what did you think about all of it? About it, some sort of fungus or just some sort of bacteria or some sort of anything. I mean, in combination with one girl getting it and all the rest of them wanting to emulate right? I mean, junior high girls emulate. I was the worst two years of my life. <laughs> but, you know, I think um, that attention and that emulation and, and also blaming somebody. I mean, like when you're that young, your body's changing, you're changing. I could have been cool living in Massachusetts at that time. I, you know, I, I think it could have been anything. It could have been attention. It could have been, um, an infection, it could have just been that everybody else was doing it, so we're going to do it. I was looking at what was that one we talked about, the enslaved woman. So she was supposedly teaching in one of these children's homes, the ones that eventually then accused her of this. And some people think that maybe their stories even grew from like some stories that she was telling them, you know, just as like, you know, you tell kids stories, and that it could have come from that. But that since she was an enslaved person and she was also a woman of color, she was the only one of the first three who were accused that confessed. And that's because she was probably afraid for her life. It looks like she confessed to signing the devil's book in 1692. Yeah. And then that, that confirmed the, dev the Puritans' fears that they had at the time that the devil was recruiting people because they didn't have science like we have now to explain things. I'm pretty sure if there is a devil, he doesn't have a book. He probably has some sort of website. <laughs> Devil.com. Everything. www.evil.com. <laughs> Devil.com. Come here. 
Yeah, but it's probably already been trademarked. So you probably have to have this really long email address. That's so like, I will take your soul, devil, the real devil here. I'm seriously devil here. It reminds me of that scene in um, Seinfeld when, was it Putty who was like, go Blue Devils! Devils! Do you remember? Is he Putty's Jesus fish? Yes, his Jesus fish. You're going to hell, babe. <laughs> that was a really funny one. It was a good one. <laughs> a good one. So, that's kind of an overview of the, the, a little bit of the atmosphere of what it was like, what we're looking at now. I mean, we see modern day witch hunts. We, we saw a lot, you know, um, there was a lot of witch hunts being accused last presidency when people were speaking out against sexual assault or other things. And you're seeing women targeted and marginalized and being disbelieved. And I think that we probably have a lot of experience and knowledge about people being assaulted and not believed. And, you know, we're still seeing those kind of things. And it's women is typically men who are enforcing the laws at the advantage of women and base and other marginalized uh, communities. So I thought that with this kind of a background, we will be talking about what happened when the two, more than 200 people were accused of witchcraft, practicing witchcraft in Salem. Then we had 20 who were who were murdered, 19 were hung, one was pressed to death with stones. I think that may have been the only time that was a state-sanctioned activity to kill someone. But then there was also a lot of other people who waited in inhumane conditions in jails, waiting for their trials. They would have to pay fines and fees even if they were released from jail, and you also had people dying in jail. And honestly, that entire thing could be picked up and put in our world today, all of that that I just said. Well, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, it has. Look at Texas. Look at, look at, look at Texas. You want to, and it's not, I mean, it is not completely, it doesn't completely carry over to witch hunt. But when a man who rapes a woman gets a sentence less than a woman who has an abortion, it's a witch hunt. That's a witch hunt. I mean, I think that's all a witch hunt. They've passed an unconstitutional law that allows a bounty to be placed on women for seeking their health care and it's i mean it's not only a witch hunt but it's a modern day bounty system where you're looking at rounding up and, and hurting women i think so too and just the hysteria that has spread in this country you know i five years ago six years ago i never would have thought that this country would have had the hysteria that it does i thought we were reasoned citizens that we could you know, work through things, even if we were in opposite areas of the political spectrum. It is now hysteria and it is founded by religion. It's founded by fear. It is founded by um, the laws that have gone into effect with no rhyme or reason. And so, it, you know, it's, I, th I think it's not only a witch hunt for women. I think it's a witch hunt for many more of us. I think it's a witch hunt for LBGTQ plus population. I totally agree with you. And I think what we're seeing in Texas right now is really just the start of it. It is the start of trying to chip away people's rights so that other people have more power. And and it's, you're right, it's not, it's not just women. And the tenor of our country anymore, we're tearing ourselves apart. 
So on that note, let's let's do something uplifting. You know, let's have our let's have our moment of light here because geez, some of these things you can just bring yourself down on. What's something like good and positive that that you thought about today or that you experienced or or this week or something? I see positive and good in my kids. They um, they don't seem to know race. They don't seem to know sexual preference. They don't seem to know. Um, Poverty, they don't seem to know. I mean, they know, they get it. They want to be involved. And to have kids that are 14 and 15 years old that have none of the prejudice, none of those factors that we were raised with, even slightly, they could care less. They could care less the color of someone's skin. They could care less someone's sexuality. They could care less. Really bright new age. And even our generation, I think, carrying some of the prejudice that we did with our parents or with, you know, with the past, um, these kids just don't care. And they don't care in the sense of, you know, they, they want to fight for it. And to see 14 and 15 year olds get into it and basically be like, everyone's equal. Yeah. They have such hope that the world is, um, it's going to change. Maybe they're going to be the 60s kids. Maybe they're going to be wearing the bell bottoms and the weird skater shirts. <laughs> yes. And just bring some kindness into this world. And it's what's been missing. Yeah. It's been missing for a long time. And our parents taught us different. Yeah. Our parents taught us to be kind and yeah. to be accepting, but these kids, that's, that's my optimism. There will never be a Salem witch trial if these kids are running the show. No. And, and, you know, honestly, I think that last week, I agree with all of that. I tell you, having kids, it, I mean, heck, we never thought we'd have kids like this. I have four. You have how many now? You're like six. <laughs> anyways yeah we have a lot of kids um but it's like they are so sweet and they they don't see things i feel like all the hatred and bigotry and all of that even though there's a lot of it now it's like the big it's like the eruption before it all goes away because it's yeah. dying and they and the people who are propagating that know it that's why you see like this law passed in texas because they know that they need to get things done now, or you see these voter suppression laws, another one that was just put into place. They know that they have to stop people because they know they're dying. And if they don't get things in place now, we will soon be a majority minority country and they're gonna lose. Yeah. It's come to the point of this world where we either need to be kind and get together, or it's gonna be, it's gonna be for naught. I agree. If only we could solve all the world's problems. My moment of joy, I think, is having my kids back in school. And it's not so much having them out of the house, because actually, <laughs> we had a great summer and enjoyed, we did tons of outdoor stuff and had a lot of fun. But having them in school and learning and seeing what they can do is so wonderful. Oh, come here. It's okay. And I have one of them right here. Come here. So, I mean, having them back in school and everything and seeing the possibilities. Here, come here. Look at my friend Angie. Hello, Angie. Hello, Marcusio. 
like he's my youngest, right? But I mean, even he always tells me about all the stuff he does. And we're so fortunate to have education available and we need to fight for that. And just to see the joy mm -hmm. that my kids get going to school, taking music class. Um, Sienna decided to play I flute. I do music class. Um, 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 I teach, um, our music class teacher is Miss Alex. And she goes to her house every day when we come to school. That's because that's where she lives. Yeah. They're just so fortunate and we're so lucky with everything we have. All right, let's say bye-bye to Bye, Thank you for joining us today on the Reform Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have certain questions about the Salem Witch Trials or other parts you'd like us to get into, please let us know and shoot us an email at thereformpod at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the next episode because we are going to really dig into what happened to start the Salem Witch Trials, who was involved, and who was accused. We want to fully thank and recognize our sources and their work. A full list and links is available at the website, thereformpodcast.com. And we've relied heavily upon a Britannica entry on the Salem Witch Trials for a lot of this information. We've also cited other articles throughout. Thank you for listening. And before you go, if you want to support the work we're doing, it really helps to hear from you. Send us an email or rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. Your voice really matters. The Reform Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Kimberly Dudick, and my guest host, Angela Jacobs. You can follow us and stay up to date on Instagram at The Reform Podcast, on Facebook at The Reform Podcast, and on Twitter at The Reform Pod. Our excellent theme song is Be Mine by the Missoula, Montana musician Tom Catmull. We're making this show on and around the traditional lands of the Salish, Pondere, Kootenai, Shoshone, Blackfeet, Chinook, and Multnomah peoples, and many other Native tribes. With deep respect, we acknowledge the Indigenous people of the West and throughout the United States. Until next time, keep searching for justice. I didn't mean to buy a darling when the door locked in my little finger. Walked in in hand. And that was just the sound of a word or sticker. My thumb against some wood or something. I I got nothing planned And when the room is quiet It's either one of two religions Joyful noise or a Wide open space The letter pulls you short From a crowded room With your pocketbook in your heart And your mind out of place Be mine Be mine
started out as innocent, is hearing lovers kiss in darkened taverns while mining your home. But when your ears fill twice with chance encounters, a charming third, and you'll someday find it stained to your bones. It is particular about company, and it sparks the flame of jealousy in those you hold close. And it has no fear of poverty, the bottle or solace. You see, you are what it needs most. Be mine.